what's up, CA students? You guys can go ahead and find your seats. Happy Wednesday. How are you guys feeling about that Candy Hearts game? I made the huge mistake of eating a Candy Heart recently. I just remembered them so well from my childhood. They were, it was awful. It tasted like chalk. I'm sorry if that's your thing. Give me a sugar cookie any day. What's up, guys? My name is Heather. I'm one of the pastors here at CA Students. You guys can go ahead and grab your handouts under your chairs. There should be a pen in the seat back. If there's not, find someone, make a friend, grab a pen from them. Um, as you guys can tell, if you didn't already know, I'm expecting to have a baby soon. Yes. Super excited. Uh, this is my third boy. And man, I don't know if you guys know anything about being this close to the end of pregnancy. Um, I'm about like five, six weeks away. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I was the first one of my friends to be pregnant. So I really knew nothing about pregnancy the first time I was pregnant. I didn't have anybody in my life who had walked that before me. <laughs> but let me just tell you, we're talking about need tonight. Need. Right now, if something falls on the ground, it's my, it, it's dead to me. It's gone forever. I cannot pick it up in a way that, like, I don't know why I put my water bottle down on the ground. Can someone actually just, yeah, this is, yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, I'm in need. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to put it up here. So we're talking about need tonight. And I want you guys to think about where do you go when you're in need? Where do you go when you're in need? Imagine, and I'm, I'm getting real here right away. Imagine one of your worst days. Maybe you failed at something that you really care about. Or maybe someone that you really care about failed you. Where do you run? Where do you go? What do you do when you're in need? Maybe you run to self-pity or to a friend or a family member who you know will take your side, right? And you have all the time to vent and justify and complain and blame, and it feels good to be heard and to know that you've got someone in your corner. Maybe you run to the distraction that a screen can offer, right? It's too much to feel the full extent of the need, so you've gotten good at numbing that part of your life, right, and living more comfortably on the surface. It feels relieving to zone out and just watch a show, play video games, scroll for a while. Just escape. Maybe you run to smoking, to drinking. It feels good, right, to take the edge off. Maybe you run to a relationship or the hope of a relationship, having or looking for someone who likes you. It feels good to have at least one good thing you can focus on. Maybe you run to some other expression of spirituality apart from Jesus. That could be crystals manifesting, Maybe just putting too much stock in astrology and zodiac signs. 
Maybe it's even just improving your physical or mental health and really focusing on that outside of Jesus, the healer. Man, it feels exciting and hopeful to actually be seeking help and self-improvement. Maybe you run to control. Maybe that's you. And actually channeling that anxiety and that worry into doing everything you can to make sure you set yourself up well for the future. It feels powerful to take things into your own hands and actually take action. It feels good. But does it actually do us any good? Where can we go with our needs that actually makes a difference? We're going to look at what God's word tells us about that tonight. Would you guys join me in prayer as we jump in? Lord, I'm so needy for you. God, would you meet me in my need as I speak tonight? Lord, would all of us just experience you? Would we encounter you in our need? Would you show us and expose the needy group that we are? And Lord, would you just give us your promise through your word that you will meet our needs? In Jesus' name, amen. So I kind of spoiled it in the prayer if you were listening, but it's God. (laughs) So these are just a few of the promises of God for the needy. I want you to imagine again one of your worst days. Picture that. Feel those feelings for a second. And then listen to this. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Can you imagine? And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Isaiah 46, 4. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. The main point of this throne room series that we've been in is that through what Christ has accomplished, we have access to both the power and the presence of God. Both the power and the presence of God. See, you can tell that I'm a mom. I thought of the power of God. It's like a bulldozer, okay? So the power of God, it destroys our problems. It cleans up the messes that we make. It picks up the broken pieces in our lives. And then the present presence of God is like a truly caring, compassionate parent who holds us as we watch the power of God at work in our lives. See, the way that we access the power and the presence of God, we've been talking about throughout this whole series, is the spiritual disciplines, and specifically reading the Bible and prayer. Specifically reading the Bible and prayer. Two weeks ago, Levi talked about intercessory prayer. Do you guys remember that? Man, that was powerful. He talked about prayer that's focused on the needs in the lives of others. Tonight, I'm talking specifically about prayer that is focused on needs in our own lives. 
prayer that is focused on needs in our own lives. These are the help me, be with me, heal me, guide me prayers. They're the I don't know what to do prayers and the I don't understand prayers. So what does this type of prayer offer us that focuses on our own needs? Well, it gets us a place where we can actually admit that we're in need, to say that we're not perfect, that we're in pain, that we're disappointed, that we're longing, we're waiting, we're let down, we're angry, we're lonely, we're confused, and we're without hope of any true change on our own. But the good news is that that's not all these prayers offer us. It's not just a space to throw our feelings out there and then hope that helps. It's not just a feel-good fix. It's the action step of change because of who is on the other side of that prayer. See, the other places we run to, the venting, the scrolling, the dating, the controlling, they may make us feel good, but they cannot produce good in us. They simply don't have that kind of power. They are temporarily helpful at best, sometimes neutral, and often they're actually harmful because they either take us away from trusting in God or they're actually sinful, which means that they add to the brokenness in us and in the world around us. See, in contrast, God's word promises that there is real help available to us. You guys, this has changed my life. I just started reading through, in preparation for this talk, a couple of my journals from like 10 years ago and just reading my prayers. And I literally, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to do some research and like remember where I was at. And I started crying because I was like, God, I can't believe how much you've changed my life through these prayers, how different I am, how much you've come to my my help, my aid, you rescued me. Wow, God, it was so moving. See, the main verse that's been anchoring this series, it's Hebrews 4.16, and it says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Who sits on a throne? A king, right? Or a queen? Powerful, right? Present. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, my kids aren't perfect, uh, and they show me that every day. Uh, <laughs> as a part of discipline moments with my kids, I get down and I share with them that grace is available to them and to us because of Jesus. Grace is available to us because of Jesus. With Leland, my four-and-a-half-year-old, since he's a little bit older now, I also add that grace does two things. And he can now repeat this. It's super cute, actually. Grace does two things. And to be clear, it does even more than two things, but it definitely also does these two. Grace forgives and grace transforms. Grace forgives and grace transforms. When we receive God's free gift of grace for the first time, if you've put your hope in Jesus, you've experienced that and you've become a follower of his, then you've received that grace. But then we've also received that forgiveness aspect of grace every time that we confess and repent thereafter, right? Which, if you're like me and you're super needy, is really often. 
that's the promise that we will get that forgiveness. But that's not it. It also transforms. And we see this represented in that Hebrews 4.16 verse. It says that we receive mercy and we also find grace to help us in our time of need. See, what it means that it transforms is that it actually offers us help of changing to be able to live a godly life. So it forgives us, yes, it clears our sin, but it doesn't just do that. It transforms. It says, hey, here's some grace so that you can have hope of changing so that next time you won't necessarily do that again. Or maybe you will, but you'll remember quicker how to get out, right? Wow, grace is powerful, you guys. Are you catching the good news of this promise in Hebrews 4.16? Man, there's that forgiveness dimension of grace, but there's also transformation. That means we aren't stuck. That means we aren't stuck. So if we need comfort because of God's grace, we can actually experience comfort. If we need guidance because of God's grace, we can actually expect God to give it. If we need breakthrough because of God's grace, we can actually expect breakthrough. And if we need peace, self-control, hope, whatever it is, because of God's grace, we can actually receive what we need. Grace forgives, but it also transforms. The main point for tonight is that we can receive what we need from God through prayer. We can receive what we need from God through prayer. We can receive what we need from God through prayer. Wow. Okay, so how does this work? How do we access the power and presence of God's promised grace through prayer, right? Well, there's three steps. I'm not always like a step person, but Man, these three are just so from the Bible, so it works. Uh, Number one, admit your need. We're going to stay on this slide for a little while. Admit your need. God knows we are needy. Admit your need. God knows we are needy. You are a deeply needy person. Every day of your life is marked by need. You need love. You need encouragement. You need hope. You need grace. You need other people. You need to worship. You need purpose. These are all things that the Bible tells us we need, that God actually created us to need, and the human experience also just confirms it, right? These are our needs. Sometimes, though, I don't know about you guys, but I get so used to running to those other things, those examples I gave in the beginning, at the first sign of need that I can actually become numb to my own neediness. Anyone else? We experience rejection or being left out, and after two seconds, we're connecting with someone else on our phone. We experience feeling useless or discouraged without purpose, and after two minutes, we're zoned out watching a show. We experience worry or anxiety, and after two hours, we've stayed awake thinking through every possible outcome and how we can control the situation. Or maybe we've been hurt before. You guys are high schoolers. (laughs) 
you've lived long enough to most likely have been hurt before. Maybe you've been hurt before, so you've built up walls of protection in your heart and in your mind so that you can avoid being hurt in the same way again. You're not going to be vulnerable to that neediness. No, you won't do it. If you're a follower of Jesus, then there's good news tonight. The good news is that you can walk around every day as a needy, as a little child, needy as my little kids, and be confident that all your needs can be met in God. If you are a follower of Jesus tonight, then you can walk around every day being as needy as a little child and be confident that all of your needs can be met in God. Two types of prayer that admit our need are called supplication and confession. I'm just going to tell you what they mean. Supplication is admitting your need and asking God for help. Help me, God. I need you, God. Here's my list of needs, God. Will you meet me in this, God? Confession is admitting your sin, which is neediness, and receiving God's forgiveness. Admitting your need, admitting your sin, and receiving what God has to offer. And this brings us to step two. Bring your need to God. He hears us. Bring your need to God. He hears us. This can happen in many different ways. You heard earlier, I like to journal my prayers, right? So you can journal your prayers. You can pray out loud. You can go on a prayer walk, right? The key here is to actually name your needs and in faith believe what God's word says is true, that God actually hears us when we call on him. Name your needs before God and believe in faith that what his word says is true, that he actually hears us. 1 John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Whew, that's a great promise. But a little caveat here, don't miss step one. We must know and admit that we're needy for grace. We gotta know and admit that we're needy for grace. First Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. See, God is full of grace, and he's also full of justice, right? He's full of righteousness. He's perfectly holy and set apart. So yes, he is full of grace. But what does it mean that his ears are attentive to the prayers of the righteous? I thought the whole point was that I was needy. <laughs> I don't feel very righteous on a daily basis. Yes, the good news of the gospel is that we have a Savior who takes our needy brokenness, the evil we do, and exchanges it for his own righteousness. That's the good news. So if you're a follower of Jesus, then hear me loud and clear. Your status before God is righteous. This applies to you. That's why Hebrews 4.16 says that we can approach God's throne with what? With confidence. Confidence. If we've made the decision to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Another thing I want to share with you guys is a prayer practice that helps me, and it's something that Kayla uh, Walker actually taught at CA students a few years ago. It was the first time I heard it. 
and I've been using it ever since. Um, tonight, I don't remember what you called it, but I'm going to call it a feelings prayer. So good. Um, this is a way that we can bring our need to God, knowing that he hears us. So basically, you just take a few minutes, maybe t between 5 and 15, and you just sit with Jesus with your feelings. You take inventory of how you're feeling about any people or situations in your life that are bringing things up in you, right? I actually did this this morning. I sat on my bed. I closed my eyes. I pictured Jesus right there with me. And then I let myself feel my feelings. I named them. And then I pictured myself handing them over to Jesus. I feel discouraged. I feel sad. I feel scared. I feel alone. See, the power of this is it fully acknowledges the feelings, so I don't have to bury them. And at the same time, it disarms the feelings, so they no longer have power over me. These feelings are real. Yes, they are. But they're not the truest truth about who I am, about who the other person is, or about who God is. And then I can replace it with truth. I can say God is at work in me. God is at work in them. This is not the end of the story. No matter how I feel, I can choose faith, hope, and peace today because of Christ in me. See, can you see how talking to God, how bringing our needs before him holds so much power? And it's different than just venting. It's powerful because of who God is. That brings us to step three of how we can access the power and the presence of God's grace through prayer. You guys ready? Last step. Receive what you need from God. Whew. Okay. Sign me up. God responds. Receive what you need from God. God responds. God knows we're needy. He hears us when we call on him, and he actually responds. John 10 two through four, this is Jesus speaking. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He's talking about himself. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. God speaks, and those who follow him can hear his voice. If you are a follower of Jesus in here tonight, then you can regularly expect to hear God's voice responding to your needs. If you are a follower of Jesus in here tonight, then you can regularly expect God's voice to respond to you in your needs, to hear it, to know it. So then why don't we experience that all the time? Well, we live in an extremely distracted culture, and we often live extremely fast-paced, loud lives, right? It takes a disciplined choice to make space to hear God. But what's our theme for this year? It's worth it. It's worth it. Two ways we practice this. Number one is silence and solitude silence and solitude. 
And there's no trick here. It's just being quiet <laughs> and being alone. It's putting your phone out of arm's reach, maybe even turning it off. It does turn off. It's setting aside a time before you feel like it and just doing it, just being quiet and being alone, making the space to actually engage with God. Number two, how do we practice receiving what we need from God? Listening to God, hearing his response, listening prayer, listening prayer. Listening prayer often takes place in times of silence and solitude, but I'm separating it out because it can also take place in a group of people who are all listening together for God's voice, and it can also take place during a time of worship or reading the Bible. And the point is you intentionally take time to just listen for what God wants to communicate. And you can hear him through a still, small voice, a single word, a verse, a picture that he gives you in your mind or in someone else's mind for you. And this one there is kind of a trick, too. See, the more you read the Bible, which is the word of God, the more you will know what God's words sound like. It sometimes helps me to frame my time in listening prayer with a question. So this is just a practical. Sometimes I'll, I'll settle down, right, and I'll be quiet, I'll be alone, and I'll start practicing listening prayer, and I'll frame it with a question. I'll say something like, God, what are you at work doing in this situation? God, what are you at work doing in this situation? And then I just listen, and I'm quiet before God. Or maybe I say, God, what do you want to say about me? What do you want to say about me? Or God, sometimes you guys, I'm, I can be so out of touch with my own neediness. I'll say, God, what do I need from you right now? And I'll literally just listen and ask, God, what do I need from you right now? See, prayer is how we admit our need. It's how we bring what we need to God. And it's often how we receive what we need from God. Aiden, you can join me up here as we close. Last January, I was in a situation where I was frustrated with and jealous of a friend. I was literally pacing around my dining room, feeling really angry about the whole thing and thinking about how I could easily use something that I knew, like a piece of information, to influence the situation against them. Like, this was bad. <laughs> I was able to calm myself down enough to decide, you know, to just get over it and watch a show and get a treat ready for myself. But then I sensed the Holy Spirit inviting me to go to God in prayer. It was the end of a long day. All I felt like doing was crashing. I had already decided to let it go. After all, I honestly didn't feel like praying. I could just pray about it in the morning during my regular quiet time. But in faith, because I really believe that the only way I'm going to receive what I actually need from God is when I meet with God. Because of that, I decided in a moment to turn off the TV, to turn on some worship music, to get needy, and to start listening. In that moment, I just started weeping. And I started feeling all my feelings. I started asking God, like, why do I feel so jealous? 
why do I feel so frustrated over this? Like, what is it? Why, why is this making me so mad? And I just started listening, and he started speaking to me. And he wasn't speaking words of condemnation because I know the Bible and I know his voice. He was speaking words of comfort and hope and grace over me. And then something happened that has never happened before. All of a sudden, in that moment, God gave me words of a poem. I don't think I've written a poem since like fifth grade. Certainly not one that rhymes, uh, but it was just this incredible moment. And, And so I got out my journal, and I just started writing, and I was wondering if I could share that with you guys today. And the reason I share it is because in the last year, since last January, God has used this poem over and over and over again in my life to encourage me, to strengthen me, to remind me of his goodness, and to remind me to run to him in moments of need. See, I could have easily missed that moment. Oh, how often I miss those moments. And I do just turn on the TV, and I do just say, you know what, I'm not going to do the bad thing, so uh, it's good enough, right? But see, students, God is inviting us to more. He's inviting us to meet with him. He's inviting us into his throne room to access his power and presence. This is what came from that, that night. Sweet, sweet, slow encounter. Me at my kitchen counter. The decision, the stake in the ground to refuse to compete and compare, to scheme or daydream of getting there, of making a name, of winning a game, I will not. I will want to, I will be told to, I will not. I will elevate others. God will get the glory. I will step aside for others. God will write the story, not for show. God will raise me up. God will, or he won't. I am your vessel, your instrument. It's by your grace and power I'm here at all. I fell at the fall. I fell as a child in my later years too, head first into darkness, sin stuck like glue. I knew you loved me, I knew about grace, but those days weighed heavy and shame hid my face. Your hand was my rescue, your words healing balm, untamed seas raged till you commanded calm. Each broken piece you hugged tightly and then came my tears. Oh Jesus, my savior, If I could take back those years, I'd live them all righteous. I'd live them all good. You must know Jesus. I would if I could. And I know I'm not worthy. I know what I deserve. I fell at the fall far below the curve. Face no longer hidden. He looked in my eyes like I was his chosen, beloved, his prize. He held out his hands with scars born for me. I fell to my knees. Could I really be free? Could this really be over, finished, done, given new life by God's only son, now called a daughter with privileges too? Glory, glory, hallelujah. It's not too good to be true. 
And so, Lord, you're my Lord, and I wait on you. You bring promotion or stamp out my pride. Use me, I'm yours, or cast me aside. You are my future. You are my prize. Found hidden in you alone, I will rise. CA students, bringing your needs to God in prayer is worth it. Don't miss out on the power of his presence. I want you to picture yourself a year from now. You can close your eyes. Picture yourself a year from now being able to say that you made time to listen for God's voice that you got more comfortable with silence and solitude, just a little bit more comfortable. Picture yourself a year from now and, and that you've stopped just going on autopilot with your needs and started admitting them to God. That, that you can point to scriptures, to pictures, to words, maybe even a poem that the Lord used to give you hope, to free you from fear, to comfort you in loneliness. Picture yourself a year from now that you are protected from making bad decisions because you actually took the time to ask God to guide you. Picture yourself a year from now with your own stories of God speaking to you and it being a turning point moment. CA students, let's do this together. Let's make the time and space to encounter Jesus, to go to him in prayer, to believe his word, that he hears us, that he cares for us, and that he actually responds. So Lord, right now, we pray. God, we ask, Lord, would you show up because we're so in need. Would you wake us up? Would you unnumb us? Would you take the veils off our faces, the blinders off our eyes, the plugs out of our ears? God, would you show us how in need we actually are? Some of us are very aware of it. And some of us can be like me and just be numb to it. Lord, and then in that moment, Lord, of revealing to us graciously our need, would you meet us there? Would we actually experience your presence? Lord, it might not be as grand as a poem, <laughs> but God, would it be as beautiful and powerful as a word from your word. Lord, we love you. Would you help us to trust you? It's in your name we pray. Amen.